It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. We're rolling on and we're talking about pets and animals and being humane. And when you have a group of people together being humane, it's a society and that's the Humane Society. And we're here with Maggie Owens. Hi, Maggie. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. You're with the uh, Humane Society of Hamilton County and you are proud about uh, something coming up that's going to save a cat's life. Is that right? Absolutely. Coming up on October 8th, we're having our annual Wolfstock Festival that starts with a dog walk in the morning that has, you know, teams that are raising money. That is a big fundraiser for our survivor program, which saves the lives of injured animals. Then we have the festival from 2 to 7 that afternoon. And then that evening, which is new this year, we have Wolfstock Pops concert presented by WZPL featuring JoJo and Jordan Fisher. No kidding. Yes, kidding. We're awesome. I didn't know that. Wolfstock, first of all, fantastic name, great branding, Wolfstock. It's an all-day event. It's October 8th. Where is this? Nickel Plate Amphitheater in Fishers. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. That's a great place. And uh, for our national listeners, I'm sure in your area with your Humane Society, you can find uh, an event like this going on in your area, too, to give back and help pets and and animals. Is Is it pets and or animals or just animals in general? Particularly pets. Um, It's open mostly to dogs because you're thinking it's a dog walk, but we do occasionally have cats on harnesses that come out. Um, We do have an exotic group called Animalia that comes and does some things. They bring exotic animals for the kids that are there to be able to touch and play with. But, I mean, mostly it's driven towards pets and the typical animals you see in a humane society. Okay, and... Uh, the revenue. I mean, is this just for awareness, to raise awareness, or are we making money here, too, to save uh, some animals? We're definitely making some money out of this. So the Woof, woof It and Hoof It, the walk in the morning, there are fundraising teams that join in, and they raise money amongst themselves, and there are incentives along the way with a goal of about $50,000 from just that morning event and all of that money goes to what's called our survivor program and those are the animals that come because we are an open admission facility so animals hit by cars animals that are you know in severe medical need we that is where we get that money to take care of those animals is from our survivor program okay and um i'm not really in the uh, demographic of um uh wolf wolf and jj who are the bands who are the artists jojo jojo and Jordan Fisher. Okay, now they're big national recording artists, right? They, they are. They're kind of the up-and-coming. Um, JoJo has some real popular songs out. Jordan Fisher was in t- the Teen Beach movies. So the yeah. the the middle, you know, tween teenager group. They're real excited yeah, about that. Yeah, my kids, this. my kids would love that. Okay, and they so come on out to Fisher's and on October eighth. I'll be there. I, I and we'll do a follow-up report too in a few months to see how how it went, and what the yeah. the funds were raised, and how many uh, animals' lives were saved, and everything else. And we'll we'll do it again next year. But anyway, back to um, uh, JoJo and. Uh, Wolf face. Who is it? <laughs> Jordan Fisher. Jordan Fisher. <laughs> did you just reach out to them? This is the radio station uh, pulled that off, right? Yes. Or did you just call them and say, hey, do you like dogs and cats? Help us out. The radio station was an integral part of that. So they are the ones that are actually doing the presenting of it. But we are doing something different with that where you can pay 
and buy a VIP ticket for a meet and greet, and then all of the proceeds and revenue of that come to the Humane Society. We lucked out because JoJo is a huge animal lover, so we're hoping that'll, you know, pull in a little animal love, too. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm sure that's on the ZPL website. Uh, for sure it's on your website. What is that? We are at HamiltonHumane.com. Okay, we're speaking with Maggie Owens. She's with the Humane Society of Hamilton County. Um, let's talk more, I guess, generally about uh, pet care. Um, we've covered reports and stories on, you know, in the summer, leaving your uh, pet or animal in the car. Obviously, you hear all those horrible stories of, of infants and babies left in cars, hot cars, and, and the uh, destruction and damage that can cause. Well, it's, it's the same for pets. Um, as the seasons change, what do we have to look forward to as far as being mindful, mindful and, and helpful for, uh, for our animal friends around uh, with the seasons change? Is there something to worry about? They kind of on the same thing with it getting too cold outside. Obviously, you want to bring your animals in when it when it gets cold. I mean, I I speak to a lot of student groups, and so I kind of tell the kids, if you need to take care of yourself in a certain way, you need to take care of your animal in that way. So if it's cold outside and you don't want to be outside, most likely your animal it's too cold for your animal to be outside. If you're eating breakfast. Your dog or your cat needs to eat breakfast. If you're getting a glass of water, think about getting your dog or your cat a glass of water. I mean, any basic needs of humans and animals are the same. That's a good way to look at it. I like that. And the kid, I'm sure the kids respond to that. I they mean, do. They do. And I actually used to be a kindergarten teacher, so I can kind of speak to them on that level a little bit. So it's fun. Do you hold class with the uh, animals in the Humane Society? I haven't done that yet, but what a great idea. <laughs> All right, and then um, we have uh, all kind of animals. I'm uh, just popping into my head when I when I think of you know pets because it's not just dogs and cats. So, you know, at your office, do, do people just show up and say, "Here's an iguana," "Here's uh, here's a goldfish," "Here's you know some crazy snake or something"? And how do you manage all those exotic animals with just the everyday dog and cat section of your business? The majority of what we'd have in Hamilton County is cats and dogs. There is the occasional, I mean, last week one day we had a tegu that was found in Fishers, Indiana, that Animal Control brought into us. Um, we've had... All right, hold on. Tegu? What in the world is a tegu? Give me some guesses. I don't even know. Is it like a, a reptile? It is a reptile. Okay, a te- is it a, like a cross between a snake and a, and a salamander? Not quite. Or, it's more lizard-like, but it it, it was about three and a half, four feet long. Um, animal control were able to, you know, catch that safely and bring it to us, and then we were able to contact an exotic animal rescue group to come and pick it up because we don't have, you know, what we need necessarily to take care of that animal. Do you think it was somebody's pet that got loose, or was this like some weird evolution like somebody's really ugly dog mated with a really <laughs> ugly iguana and then all of a sudden you've got some crazy tegu running around town right. i think it was somebody's pet that probably got okay. out but to my knowledge nobody has called looking for their lost tegu and um, we <laughs> we did have a potbelly pig that was found no strolling kidding. along the monon as a stray animal that was brought to us i mean we've had pygmy goats that have come um, most recently, we have an escape artist of a, 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 a macaw, a big parrot, that keeps flying out the front door of a local home and getting caught and brought to us. So we do occasionally get some different kinds of animals. We've had some you know, domestic rabbits that were found wild and brought to us. So it, you know, it's never a dull moment for sure. Is the, I guess then the focus of um, 
humane society obviously take care of the animal make sure it's healthy and happy and then is the next step like pet adoption or to find it a healthy home that's for us that's absolutely our goal i mean we spend uh, hours upon hours doing everything that we can for these animals so we get animals that are sick we get animals that have been abused we have animals from dog fights and so we take them we rehabilitate them and then we work on getting them their forever home the home where they can go rest their head and know that they're safe and loved that's fantastic. All right. And your uh, website again, um, give us the .org, and then we'll get the details out one more time for Wolfstock, uh, and then we'll encourage everybody to be there and have a great time with you. So our website is www.hamiltonhumane.com, and then Wolfstock is October the 8th, beginning registration for the walk at 1245. The festival is from 2 to 7, and that awesome concert that night begins at 7 p.m. And what's your favorite animal? I am a beagle girl. I have, I have a big old beagle that just has those floppy ears. That's my my dog of choice. What's your beagle's name? Sparky. Sparky. Sparky is the least sparky dog you will ever meet. He is the laziest thing, but you know, oxymorons are fun. That is great. Last question. And a rescue. He is a rescue rescue. from the Humane Society for Hamilton County. Uh, Are you seeing a trend, uh, you bring up your dog's name, Sparky. Uh, Do you see the trend that like a lot of dogs and cats are getting human names and then it seems like a lot of human babies are getting like really weird names like it's switching i think it's funny when we have a a dog a big pit bull named nancy it just doesn't (laughs) quite fit what you would imagine but yes we do have a lot of we have nancy a donald a reginald you know these names that are typically human names that are coming to dogs i love it all right maggie owens thanks for coming on the show and uh, we'll have you back sometime thanks so much can't wait to be back thanks get socially technical with the adam ritz show facebook adam ritz show twitter at adam ritz it's social technically it's my favorite part of the show we travel the country we find out about philanthropy benefits charity things going on around the country this is your charity update from georgia southern university i'm here with brandon and doran hi guys how are you i'm doing well how about yourself i'm fantastic doran how are you i'm doing very well how are you now you guys are uh what's your full name and what is your organization that uh, we're talking about and what is the philanthropy uh my name is brandon harnick uh we are part of alpha epsilon pi and we are the philanthropy that we're doing right now is uh, 1913 challenge um, as new members of the fraternity we are trying to raise $1,913 for right now many many groups our main one is the gift of life bone marrow foundation um, we're doing a couple events uh, right now as the 1913 challenge we're trying to get sponsorships donations from anyone really um, we have a website of aepigivesback.org Okay. Um, you, it literally has the website that says donate now. You say what you're donating for or from. Um, what chapter you're donating to. And it comes up with uh, how much it tells you. And then really we can give any kind of thank you from our Facebook page as well, which is uh, Georgia Southern uh, Alpha Epsilon Pi Philanthropy. And Doran, what's your last name real quick? Um, Doran Lawrence. And is this something that every... Alpha Upsilon Pi chapter in America is doing nineteen uh, thirteen each chapter, or is this something that's just happening here at Georgia Southern? Um, I know that some chapters do the nineteen thirteen challenge. Uh, personally, I know our chapter does it, um, but across the country, each chapter has a challenge of raising a certain amount every year for their philanthropy. And I'm going to guess, 
is the year 1913? Is that when your chapter, yes, your sir. your fraternity yes, was founded in 1913? Yes. yes, sir. So if you were newer, if you were founded in 2016, you could have raised a few more dollars. Hey, any, anything, <laughs> any more, it doesn't have to be 1913 as much as the possible um, as the AEPI gives back. Uh, our goal is to raise $10,000. Um, right now, we've already raised over half of it. Um, so everybody, even the e-board, everyone on top is trying to get That's as many dead it go, it's going to bone marrow research yeah. is uh, that yeah. right actually the uh the one of the things that we're doing for the bone marrow is uh uh dog days where we on april 19th and the 20th i believe uh we're selling hot dogs um we're doing some swabs to give uh tests for for the bone marrow uh foundation okay so the the dog days philanthropy is different than the 1913 initiative? Uh, so the 1913 initiative is a challenge that the brothers gave us all new members okay. uh, to raise $1,913 within a certain amount of time. But that goes towards uh, our philanthropy of uh, Gift of Life Bone Marrow Foundation. So we also do dog days as part of raising money for that. Okay, and dog days. Is this uh, does it actually have to do with a puppy or yeah, a dog dogs. or what are we doing? No, uh, hot dogs. Oh, hot dogs. Okay, that's even better for me. Yeah. I love a good dog. Uh, we 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 go on those <laughs> on those two days. We're gonna be um gonna on at the rotunda at the, rotunda, at the Russell Union. Um, I'm from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, we'll be there, basically the whole time. We're gonna be doing hot. We're gonna be grilling hot dogs the whole time. As I was saying before, we're gonna be uh, doing the swabs for the Bone Marrow Foundation. We Last year, I believe it was three lives we got saved for oh, for Bone Marrow Foundation. That's fantastic! So, um, our for our nineteen thirteen challenge, we're our goal is to get this in three weeks. So, I mean, as much as we can do, we're definitely going to raise our goal. I'm very confident in that. Um, okay, and the um, the website for the dot org for the nineteen thirteen challenge is what again? It's uh, org. Okay, and then the question I'm sure everybody listening to this uh, interview has is how much effort goes into making sure there's an exact amount of hot dog buns versus actual hot dogs? Because as a, as a shopper, that's like one of the biggest cliches in the, in the history of grocery stores is that the amount of hot dog buns in the bag don't equal the amount of hot dogs that are in the uh, package. So what is your strategy, I guess, to make sure you have the same amount of buns versus dogs? Everybody's thinking that, not just me. Um, <laughs> well, you got to just, uh, I guess, do the math. That's why you're smart well, it, college it boys, was, right? It was, you know, I'm pretty sure that was actually uh, a topic that they brought up because, you know, it's better to have more than less. So, yeah. I mean, more if, what? More dogs? More, more, than... more dogs, even more dogs, more buns. Uh, but, I mean, I could always go for, you know, a hot dog, you know, just on its own, put a little ketchup on there. And then you got some. Uh, some low-carb people that are like, no yeah. bun. And no you're bun. like, no bun? You can't exactly. say no bun. It's, it'll you, throw me off. That's why you need at least a little bit more hot dogs just in case. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it a little bit different. You never know. That's why oh, I love it. That balance of whether or not there's more dogs or more buns, you need more dogs. I love it. All right. Doran and Brandon, Alpha Epsilon Pi at Georgia Southern University. Can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your philanthropy and for making this world a better place. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, this is head coach June Doherty from Washington State Women's Basketball, and you're listening to The Adam Ritz Show. And we continue the show from College Park, Maryland. Our guest is Eric Mansky. Hi, Eric. How are you? Good. 
fantastic. You are uh, on the IFC, and for our listeners who are not familiar with uh, the Greek life or the fraternity system, that's the Inner Fraternity Council. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you became part of the IFC. So I am a member of Phi Delta, Phi Delta Theta, uh, one of our chapters here on campus. And uh, I was very involved in my chapter. I was on my recruitment committee, uh, my pledge education board. I was president of my pledge class. And um, I just sought uh, a better way to help out with Greek life. IFC is like the executive board of all the fraternities. We have 27 fraternities on campus. So I found that the IFC board would be a great way to continue my leadership skills. Well, it's important um, for my listeners to learn about IFC and, and fraternities because um, of the, I guess, stereotypes that go along with fraternities. I, I was in a fraternity, and I know that they're um, important in building leadership skills and integrity and character is a huge part of it. I know philanthropies and charity are involved. You do so much in the community, and yet if just one guy out of a thousand does something stupid, that's what people think of fraternities. So I try to talk to as many fraternity guys as I can to really get the message out that you're, you're more than just a Saturday night ra rebel rouser. Uh, this is character, integrity, philanthropy. You guys are doing some good stuff here. Yeah, we definitely are. Um, there are some stereotypes out there, I would say, and uh, while most of them are not true, there's a lot of good things that we do. Uh, we raise a ton of money in philanthropies. Um, uh, we have KA on this campus. They have Breastfest, their annual philanthropy. I think they raised like over $100,000. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. So there's a lot of things that fraternities do besides the stereotypes that everyone thinks about us that are for the greater good of everyone. And then uh, you mentioned that uh, the KA charity that raised $100,000 for breast cancer awareness. Uh, do you know how they did it? Because that's one of my favorite parts of meeting you guys is finding out how you do your philanthropies because there's so much fun involved. There's always maybe an apparatus built in the front yard of your chapter house or there's some sort of crazy event involved where you pair up with a sorority and have some sort of competition. Do you know what they did to get that hundred grand? And if not, do you know of any of those types of situations or fun stories? Uh, I don't know exactly what KA does. Um, I could tell you about my chapter. Yeah. We have casino night. Uh, so what we do is we, we take everything out of our house. Uh, we bring in uh, like a casino company. Like they set up like tables, uh, cards, um, and our whole house is turned into a casino pretty much. And pretty much everyone from the Greek life comes and like plays casino games. Um, our, chap our chapter's uh, philanthropy is ALS, so we raise money for ALS through Casino Night. And just curious, how much money, roughly, are we talking about? I think it was 25000 You're kidding! That's past, so awesome! Past spring. That is unbelievable. Yeah, I talk to a lot of guys and fraternities, and, you know, they do a lot of cool, cool things and raise a lot of money, but admittedly, it's never more than $10,000. I shouldn't say never, but it's hardly $10,000 or more. And here's two examples right here you're telling me that are 25000 or more. Um, what is, just curious, what's your favorite casino game? <laughs> uh, I don't really go to the casino that much. I just turned 21, so, uh, but maybe blackjack. Blackjack, yeah. that's, uh, that's, e that's easy math for me too. Uh, is craps popular? I mean, do, do most college kids know how to play craps? That the... We, we do have a craps table at our casino night. I don't know if people know how to play it's it. It's empty. But, yeah. It just ends up, it's, ends up being the table it's, with the yeah. chips and salsa. Every, it's just there for fun if, if you don't know how to do it. But everyone has a great time. 
That is cool. And is that an annual tradition, like Phi Delta Theta at Maryland? Every year you can count on casino night. Yes. Uh, every spring we do casino night, and I think we started it about three years ago. That's unbelievably awesome. All right. I love those philanthropy stories. And I, I get emails all the time from our listeners, too. Guys my age that when they think of college, they think of, you know, their team playing in the Final Four. They think of going to a Rose Bowl or to a bowl game. They think of the parties they had at their fraternities. But not many guys look back and think about that philanthropy they did until they hear somebody else talk about it. So there are some 50, 60-year-old guys listening to this radio show right now that are here you talking about Casino Night, and they're like, oh, my God, I totally remember when we did that, too. And it was so much fun because you can have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. Uh, we're speaking with Eric Mansky, new membership Director, Vice President, Vice President of Membership Development yes. for the IFC here at the University of Maryland. Let's talk about that real quick. Membership development. I mean, you've got new guys coming into your fraternity system. You want them to be of the utmost character. W what do you do? So I think one of the most important things is that they are educated throughout their pledge process properly. Um, I think it all starts from the bottom. And if they are properly educated at the start of their pledge process throughout their whole learning experience, when they get to the age of you know, being an older member, they're going to impart that on their younger members. And that's what we're trying to do here is um, bring speakers in who have had experience, have uh, like a great message to give them so they can continue through their pledge process and like learn new skills that they wouldn't have known before or going through the pledge process. And like take those uh take those things that they've learned to heart and just keep continuing it with their chapter well that is great to hear that people your age are involved with uh with issues like the importance of of character and integrity and that kind of education for a young member uh before i let you go let's learn a, a little bit more about you real quick when do you graduate what are you studying what do you want to do with your life i graduate may 2016 um I am an information systems and management major in the business school, Robert H. Smith School of Business. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do. I think I want to go to law school after I graduate, but we will see what happens. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck, and we thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Rich Show is on the road in Columbus. We're at Columbus North High School with Tom Watts. Can't wait to talk to you, Tom, and I, I'm so glad you made time to come on the show. How are you? I'm great. How about you? We're going we're gonna to cover two issues with this uh, interview. We do a lot with health and fitness and um, child obesity awareness. It's a big social problem in America. We also do a lot with, with Special Olympics. And you've got a story in your family that covers both of these issues. And I know by now our listeners are like, wait a minute. How, okay, Special Olympics um, and health and fitness, those do go together. But how has uh, Special Olympics affected your personal health and fitness regimen. Uh, this is a great story. I can't wait to share this with our listeners. Yeah, once uh, my son got involved in Unified Track, he, he needed somebody to work out with. Uh, I initially started running with him, but uh, I'm, I'm probably at the time 60, 70 pounds overweight. Uh, since he started, I've lost 30 pounds. Uh, I can't keep up with him anymore. He's too fast, so I ride a bike when he's, when he's running, but I still get that fitness in. And then we hit the gym. We do... Uh, strength training and then uh, his older brother has uh, gotten involved and has actually lost 
somewhere like 55, 60 pounds by uh, running with Randall. And uh, he's almost keeping up with him now. He's, he's in great shape. That's amazing. And uh, we'll talk about the health and fitness and the, and the weight you've lost. First of all, congratulations. You've lost 32 pounds. And you, you were telling me before the interview, you want to lose a few more. Yeah, I'd like to lose um, about another... That, no, go ahead. That's just awesome. I'd like to lose about another 30 pounds. I, I went to the doctor for my annual and, and, and thought I need to lose another 50. And he said that another, if I'd lose another 30 pounds, I'd be about right. So he's, he's my favorite doctor now. <laughs> you just saved 20 pounds in that, that, in that transaction. That's right. But I feel so much better just from the weight I've lost. But uh, watching my son go from just just being, you know, maybe an average kid physically to, to being uh, so fit. He's all muscle and bone now from, from all the running and from the strength uh, workouts too. And then the same thing for my older son. He's, he's the most fit he's ever been, and it's a direct result of trying to keep up with the younger son. Well, let's back up a little bit for our listeners. Uh, we've done some reports on Unified Track with Special Olympics. Um, let's talk about your son, um, autism. Um, he came to high school his freshman year, wasn't really involved with school. Then he heard about this thing called Unified Track, which is for our listeners. Uh, well, I won't bore him to death. Let's hear it from a father of a Unified Track athlete. What is a Unified Track team? Well, that's uh, mixing up uh, students with uh, special needs with actual uh, with, with typical students who aren't necessarily involved with uh, regular track. And uh, they go out and compete together. Uh, the uh, most of the students are, are, that aren't special needs are just there as buddies and support, but they actually compete too. They actually run the races, uh, do the shot put and do the long jump. So they're out there interacting with the kids uh, side by side, and in, in, uh, it's just it's great for all the kids. It's pretty fantastic, and I think there's about, I don't know if this is exactly right, but I think about 10 states are doing unified track now. They're, they're high school athletic association. And when I say they're doing unified track, I mean it's a state-sanctioned sporting event where these kids go to sectionals, they go to a state championship, they win medals and trophies for their school, and it's um, special needs kids with non-special needs kids, partner athletes they're calling them, that compete together to win this state championship for their school. So if you're uh, listening to this broadcast and you're a parent of a, of a kid with special needs, um, search this out. You know, Maybe talk to your state athletic association and see how you can get a unified track involved in your state. So Randall, your son, uh, you said he's all muscle and bone now. So before he joined the unified track team, he was maybe a little pudgy? He was. He'd, starting to get, he'd started getting a little bit of a belly on him. My wife and I disagreed about that. She's very physically fit, and I didn't think he was chubby, but that's probably because he was a lot closer to her uh, build than mine. So, but he's he's really slimmed down since he started running. You know, really good muscle tone, and, and uh, he just feels good all the time. And and, and, and emotionally, he's he's better. Uh, he, the all that activity I think helps him with his focus. That's tricky sometimes for kids suffering with autism, and some of the other uh, issues that some of the kids have. It, it's, they come out here and they they work hard, they sweat, but they have a great time doing it. Yeah. And uh, the camaraderie they build up among themselves and with the uh, with the other students is, is just amazing. Something that probably wouldn't happen without this vehicle. Tom Watts is our guest. He's a parent of Randall Watts, who's an athlete on a unified track team. It's a Special Olympics initiative um, with about 10 states in America, uh, his son on the Columbus North team. And we've done reports on unified track, and the thing that we really – 
have focused on is the inclusion revolution is what they call it so there's really a way to get some kids involved in school with special needs that maybe sit by themselves at lunch or maybe um, some of the other kids even haven't even had a chance to meet them it's not that they're uh, overtly making fun of them they're not maybe they're just they just haven't had a chance to hang out with them and now this with through this inclusion revolution there's uh, really a team atmosphere within the halls of a high school where um, a young man like your son can walk around and now get high fives and he's in selfies and he's in Instagram and people love him um, and we've heard about that inclusion revolution but the thing I've, I've heard now from speaking to you is is the health aspect of it not only that it's made him healthier uh, but it's helped the health of your family and also the uh, I guess I, I don't know if I'd say academics his grades but you're saying he can think more clearly he's more focused since he's been involved with this track team right uh, I'll tell you something else that's really fun that has happened several times while we're out running he's running I'm riding the bike we'll get kids uh, drive by in a vehicle other high school kids and where they might not have noticed Randall before or maybe even said some disparage something disparaging they'll they'll honk their horn and hey hey Randall good job Randall they'll yell out and and Randall of course likes that and and, and it feels good to have the typical kids noticing Randall and thinking he's cool so it's it's amazing. That is cool. And I and his brother's lost 50 pounds. How old's his brother? His brother's 31. Oh, he, wow. I, okay. I, I just assumed he was like, you know, a senior or maybe a freshman in college. No, and he never was uh, never was a runner. Uh, he, he hated it, but he's actually gotten to the point now that he enjoys it. <laughs> Matter of fact, uh, he and Randall ran a 5K, uh, participated in a 5K last weekend, and, and my older son, Lee, came in first in his age group, and Randall came in second in his age group. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, we'd love to hear about these success stories with your health and um, where you're going with the weight loss. Uh, we wish you the best of luck, and with your son, Randall, we look forward to hearing about his success in the future. If you don't mind, I'd love to have you on the show in about six months. What year is Randall? He's a, a sophomore. A sophomore. Okay, well, maybe we'll have you on once a year to talk about his junior year, then his senior year, and, and where Randall ends up with uh, Special Olymp Olympics after he graduates from Columbus North. The typical kids that get involved, too. Some of those are kids that probably wouldn't be involved in athletics otherwise. And then they find that, that some of these special needs kids, they have to work hard to keep up with them. And that's fun to watch. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.